Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Well, good morning, Faith. How are we doing today? Good, there we go. We're in church, and uh, if you happen to be a guest with us, my name is Blake, and I'm just thrilled, excited that you're with us, hanging out with us on a Sunday. We have a saying around here that if you're looking for a church home, or if you're church shopping, shop no more. You found your home, and we want you to be a part of our family. We would love to connect with you. Um, We're going to get ready to uh, dive in and wrap up our marriage series, and before I do that, I do want to plug real quick, coming up on... On this Saturday, we are having our church serve day where we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. We want to take care of our next door neighbor, Bayshore Elementary, and also we want to go show some love for our very own Faith Academy. We understand that the gospel can multiply rapidly when a family is one. And so that's an approach we're taking, and a way we do that is by being the hands and feet of Jesus. So meet us here 7 a.m., and we'll go out and minister in our community. So thanks for being here again. Um, Well, with all that being said, um, I want to ask you this. Have you ever heard of the saying, opposites attract? Right? Like we're we're talking about marriage and and we hear the saying, opposites attract quite time and time again. In fact, one of the things that draws us to people is that they have qualities we don't. Like sometimes there's this this envy that we have in particular people. Like maybe you're highly introverted and and yet there's this person over here when you're dating and and they are are very noticeable. Why? Because they're so outgoing and and you're like, wow, they have it all together. Or or maybe when you're dating, it's like you're going on elaborate dates and uh, and they're they're inspired. Inspiring you, and you're like, I never would have experienced this if it wasn't for this other person. Opposites attract. We see this in the dating realm, particularly. But on the other side of it, it's also been said this opposites attract, but opposites also attack. If you're married, you understand what I'm saying. That one thing that drew us to that person now also pushes them away. Let me elaborate this way. Maybe you're introverted and you're like, dude, my Friday nights are best spent on the couch. And yet you married that outgoing person. They're like, let's go get the party on. Woo! And they're like, want to go hang out with their friends all the time, right? Or maybe you got a, a saver over here and a spender over here. Maybe you could experience during those dating days because, man, the dates, they were pristine. But then come to find out, it's like, man, this person just swipes their credit card. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And then you're married and you're like, dude, where am I at right now? So the one thing that drew us to that person can also push us away from that person. Let's go on a little bit. Maybe you have those planners in the room. Any planners in those marriage relationships? You got some planners, right? Like when you go on vacation, you have your whole itinerary dialed in. Like X, Y, Z. Okay, we can have three minutes here at this gas station. Hit the wall wall, stop by Bucky's, we're good. And then it's like back in the car, kids right? And then you have some that are in that relationship that's like, hey, let's go on vacation. Let's just see where the road takes us. And then 
You're living with that person because you're married and the opposites attract now becomes the opposites attack. And you're like, how do I get past this? Because one thing that was drawing me to that person is now kind of pushing me away from that person. And see, this is what can happen. At one moment, we can be attracted to that person. Next moment, we want to push away from that person and and becomes difficulties. And there might be some uh, division. and, And when difficulties and division happen and they go unaddressed, it can lead to some serious hurt, some pain, some problems, some perils that we struggle with. See, today we're going to be talking about never giving up. We're going to be talking about, hey, you find that special person, and then you're together because God has anointed and and blessed that union. Now, if you've been single or are single right now, I want you to understand and and hold this dearly to your heart is this. I I know maybe this is like a marriage message and, and a marriage series, but the chances are you've been impacted by people around you who've been married, okay, and who are married. And you know if they they need help. Your friends who are married need help. And you know if you're married, you need all the prayer you can get. Can I get an amen, right? So, So maybe you're saying, hey, this doesn't really apply to me. No, I'm saying we now more than ever need couples that are, uh, that are prayed over, that are thought about, and know this, because they, the, those couples and, and those relationships matter to God and need support. So don't think, hey, you know, this is marriage, oh, what do we talk about? No, it, it does apply to your life. So as we go through and, and wrap up our series, I want to point you to Matthew chapter 19, verse 3. Matthew chapter 19, verse 3. And while you're turning there, I want to go over what we've talked about the past three weeks. And we've been discussing these three major topics that we believe if you apply them to your life, that God can tremendously bless your relationship. All right, we've been talking about, first week we talked about seeking God. We talked about, we gave you a a cornerstone habit, a momentum that is built whenever you seek God through prayer together. That if you pray together, then it will catapult you and thrust you forward into attending church together, to worshiping together, to communicating effectively together. And then the following week, last week, we talked about have fun. We talked about three types of fun. Come on now. We talked about friendship fun. We talked about companionship fun, and we talked about bedtime fun. We talked about all these three, right? Like, hey, we're church. We talk about all things. This week, we're talking about never giving up. So say this with me. Say the words on the screen on the count of three. One, two, three. We commit to seek God, have fun, never give up. And part of our hope is maybe you're pursuing, maybe you want to be married one of these days. My my hope is this, that what you're learning today, you're applying to your relationship, to your foundation, for your potential relationships that God has in store for you. But before we dive into Matthew 19, I I do want to mention this. When we're talking about never giving up, there are parameters where that might be the time when you should eliminate and be out of that relationship. I'm not in here saying anybody should be a punching bag to somebody. If you're in an abusive relationship, 
if there's been numerous times of unfaithfulness, I encourage you, you should probably separate, seek biblical counsel, seek biblical wisdom, allow people to speak into that. But there's also those who are in here who right now when you talk about marriage in the church, it, it floods your mind with a bunch of different memories, maybe some hurts and pains, and maybe because you've had a marriage that ended, you feel all this guilt. I'm not here to make you feel guilty. Chances are you've processed that or you're still processing that, and maybe at the end of the day, you put your head on that pillow saying you did everything you could to keep your marriage intact, and yet it just did not end up the way you thought it would. Or maybe you're in here and you're wrestling with that guilt because, you know, before you knew Jesus or years ago, you were a different person and now God has moved in your life in a radical way. There is a lot of things you would change. I don't want you to come in this place feeling like, oh man, we're talking about marriage and never giving up and, and yet life's dealt you a different lot of circumstances. So my heart as a pastor is not to make you feel guilty None of that. My, my aim today is to encourage those relationships, those marriages that might be on the ropes, might be just kind of going through the motions, might just, you know, just living day in, day out and not really having a great, enhanced, empowered, enriched relationship like they should. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about never giving up today. So Matthew chapter 19 Verse three, we're gonna read verse three and then we're gonna pause. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him, him being Jesus, with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Now, Jesus was always on the hot seat with Pharisees. Now, they didn't like Jesus. Jesus was their arch enemy. He didn't really much care for them because these were religious leaders that took God's word and distorted it to line their pockets and ultimately give them a better feeling about themselves. So they always were kind of button heads and Jesus always kind of had an issue with the religious leaders of the time. I, anytime someone calls me religious, I always say, hey, I pause you, I'm not religious. I, I've been saved by this man by the name of Jesus. It's a relationship that I have. Religious is filled with a bunch of rules and regulations and legalism. A relationship is saying, Jesus radically changed my life. I don't know if you've known a person that can radically change your life like Jesus, but oh man, he's the only one in my life that's radically changed me. So this is what we see happening right here. The Pharisees. They, they would take for, for granted, they would, they would miss up, they would kind of reinterpret scripture to fit their lifestyle and to understand culture. Women back then in this very early, early time were considered as property. They would, you know, at times be, be thought less than, and, and sometimes it would even mean like, hey, you got a cow, you got a woman, and, and if you're a smart man in here, you would never put those two in a sentence together, and like that's how it was looked at. So the Pharisees, they had this mentality that, you know, they could divorce over any kind of little default, any kind of problem, any situation. So it'd be like, hey, if, if the lady like burnt the meatloaf, they'd be like, I'm done with you. You messed up my mama's meatloaf. 
If there was too much salt added, they'd be like, I'm done with you. If, if they were married for a while, the Pharisee and, and then the, the, the new young lady walked by, they could say, hey, I'm done with this relationship. I want something new. I want something different. And so they started making marriage this thing of just a, 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 a possession. And, and, and Jesus is this man that comes on that they're trying to put on the hot seat. They're trying to, to trap him because this is kind of some more detail. Is this man by the name of, of Herod, he was a governor who beheaded John the Baptist, was someone that treated women the way the Pharisees treated women. And so when this happens, if they get Jesus to speak out against the Roman, uh, 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 the Roman guard, the, the Roman uh, governor, then what would happen? Jesus' life would be at stake right there. But Jesus, this man full of wisdom, sees what's coming, and this is how he responds in Matthew 19, verse 4. He says this, haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus replied, they record that from the beginning, God made them male and female, biblical marriage, male and female. Verse 5, and he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined with his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they no longer are two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Let no one split apart what God has joined together. Let me give you a little illustration here. Imagine you put glue on one side of the paper and glue on the other side of the, and another piece of paper and you put both pieces of paper together and there's some tape in there and you put it together and, and it dries and it's like really, really, really stuck. What happens when you try to tear those pieces or pull those pieces of paper apart? They rip, right? They, they get holes in it. There's tears in it. That's likened into a divorce. That's likened to separation. If you've experienced divorce, gone through a divorce, you know there's pain on this side of eternity that might not be resolved on this side of eternity. There's been some, some, some hurts and, and some spears thrown. Or maybe you've had parents who've been divorced. You know it's hard. You've experienced the ramifications of that in the issues that, that, have, that have blossomed and stemmed from that. So marriage is, is putting two people together, not made to be torn apart. I love how one pastor put it. He says this, he says, don't unwon what God has made one. Don't unwon what God has made one. You know how you're unique right? Like we all are different people. Like there's only one Blake Hansen with a fingerprint, you know, like maybe you're sitting next to your spouse right now and you're like, whew, like they're unique. That's for sure. You know, and, and I'm with them. And you know, like there's only one unique person, right? But did you know there's also only one unique couple? Like you and your spouse are unique, some of you are like, yeah, you didn't have to tell us that, Pastor Blake. You're like, I know I'm unique. And some of you got like family members are like, woo, they are super unique and different. We all know the uncle and aunt and the family. Come on now. Don't unwon what God has made one. And so the challenge is society, culture, they don't 
view it like that. They view it as an agreement, as a contract. They view it as, hey, it's, it's part of life. Whatever you want to change, ebbs and flows, how you feel, you like it or you don't, take it or leave it. It's crazy when you look in society that you can, you have to pass a test virtually for anything when it comes to being an adult. But yet, all you have to do to get married is go into the clerk's office, get the document, sign the paper, and say, hey, we're married. And yet, there's, no, there's nothing worse that can impact people when the marriage is struggling. Financially, relationship, uh, emotionally, it can impact us, right? And yet, here we are, society's like, oh, yeah, you're getting married, okay, whatever. See, that's not the way Scripture, Bible, or God's ever ordained the way that we should view marriage. So this is where we start. We say marriage is a covenant, not a contract. Marriage is a covenant, not a contract. Let's talk first when it comes to a contract. A contract is based on mutual distrust. A contract is based on mutual distrust, meaning this. Um, if, If you do what is listed out and I do what is listed out, and we agree, then I'll sign on the dotted line, okay? If you waver from that, if you make a mistake from that, then you know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna break and get out of that contract, okay? We see this kind of going on right now and when we talk about the NFL. I love football. Football season's almost there. I'm a huge Cincinnati Bengals fan. If you're a Bengals fan, yo, I got a place for you right up here in the front row. We'll be best friends. Where are we watching the game on Sundays, right? Joey B, please get your calf all right. Okay, if you know anything about football, he's hurt. So my favorite quarterback, he's hurt. But this is what's going on in the NFL if you've been following on. The running backs, Okay? They're at contract disputes with other organization, with their organization, with their teams. Like some of the best, most producing players on the field aren't, being feel, aren't feeling like they're being compensated for their work. So they're struggling. They're like, they're, they're making minimal pay and, and the team over here and, and both sides are like this. Well, here uh, on, on the player side, they're saying, hey, I work really hard and you're not paying me like you should. But then on the organization side, they're saying, hey, the lifespan, the analytics say, you're not going to last very long in the league, so we don't want to pay you very much because then we're going to take the hit. And so you see these two parties, they're feuding. They're in a contract. It's like, hey, I don't really trust you. I don't really see myself uh, really committing to you. I'm just going to sign on this line. It is what it is. Now we look at this in our marriage, right? As long as someone meets my needs. As as long as someone makes me happy, then I'll stay engaged. Then I'll stay in the marriage. If someone wines and dines me like we were when we were dating and and we were just feeling, we had all the feelings and everything was going so, so good, then I will stay in the marriage. The problem with that church is that person that we marry is not perfect, right? Men, do not shake your heads right now. Like, but like, right? They're not perfect. There's gonna be mistakes. See, the world would say, hey, if they make a mistake, 
then if they don't treat you as good as you should be treated, if, if everything is just fine and dan- is not fine and dandy, and if you're not feeling like it, then you can just get out of that marriage. The, the issue is this, though. If you're not feeling like it, that's like saying you're going to go sell your house because there's no food in the pantry. You following me there? It's like, hey, like that's what's sake. So the contract is not how we're intended to live in a relationship with our significant other. In fact, Scripture points us to living in a covenant. And a covenant is different from a contract because a covenant is based on mutual commitment. And in other words, a permanent relationship that, hey, on your good-looking days, I'm going to date you. On our great moments, I'm going to be married to you. On our low moments, we're going to stick it out. Our covenant is what we agree to with our spouse and God. In the Old Testament, a covenant would often begin by two different parties. You'd have in the Old Testament, they would take a bull or a lamb and they would slaughter the bull or the lamb. So one party would agree to certain terms, another party would agree, and they would form a covenant if it's about maybe family, maybe it's about marriage, whatever the case might be. And they would come together, and they would sever the, the, the bull in half, and then both parties would walk seven times around each side of the split calf. And so they would walk by, and they would walk around seven times. Why seven? Because seven's a biblically whole number, okay? And so what would happen is if anybody breached that covenant, then their future would look like that bull that was cut in half, that was severed, and that was dead. That's what was at stake when it comes to a covenant in the Old Testament. Very early on with the priest, and people would be married, what the priest would do, it would take the bride's hand, cut it, take the groom's hand, cut it, put them together, wrap a rope or a cord around it, and they would unite together. Why? Because in Leviticus it says, the life is found in the blood. Like it's coming together as one, that their people aren't ever meant to be torn apart. And the challenge is society, culture, things that come our way don't view marriage like God biblically intended it to be. I, the older I get, you know how like sometimes when you're older, you're like, I'm never going to be that guy, you know? And then you turn up, you get a little older, and you're like, I'm that guy, you know? And there's some of those moments. But it's taken me a little bit of time, but I'm a huge believer in this. Uh, the more I study, the more I look at marriages, the more I look at Scripture, is this, if you're a younger person or maybe you're looking to get married, my challenge to you, my encouragement to you is get married in a church by a pastor because you're standing for a covenant but you're making a covenant between you your spouse and God so I'm a big believer in that I strongly encourage you to do that I love what the the late Ruth Graham said uh, she was married to the American pastor Billy Graham America's pastor America's pastor, Billy Graham, many of us have been impacted by his ministry, phenomenal communicator, anointed speaker. And uh, this one moment, a journalist comes in to interview Ruth Graham about uh, their marriage. And there there are seasons when Billy Graham would be away on crusades, evangelistic crusades, for over six months. And as you would probably assume, raising a family all by yourself is extremely hard. 
So the journalist is asking about what's it like to be married to this great phenomenal, phenomenal evangelist, you know, like America loves them. And, and then finally gets to this question and, and the journalist asks Ruth, have you ever thought about divorcing Billy? She goes, and I, I love her response. She goes, not once have I ever thought about divorcing Billy. Have I thought about murder? Yes. <laughs> Divorce? No. And that's what she understood about the covenant. And if you're married in this couple, you understand, man, there's some thoughts that come into our head, right? Like, whoa, Ruth, we're with you, you know? But the point is, it's a covenantal agreement. So how do we move forward? How do we never give up? I want to encourage you with this principle. Apply the sowing and reaping principle to your marriage. Apply the sowing and reaping principle to your marriage. We can see in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, a phenomenal principle here that's a life principle. So maybe you're in this place and you're like, hey, you're talking about marriage. Maybe if you just grab this one piece of, of language in, in verses today, this is my hope, and it's a biblical principle throughout our whole entire lives. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So two principles to apply when it comes to our marriage, when it comes to our marriage relationship. The first is this. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. If you put an apple seed into the ground, what are you going to get? An apple tree, not an orange tree. You reap what you sow. We continue to look. If you smile by someone, they're walking by you in the hall, what do you typically do? You smile back. Someone walks by and says, how you doing? You say, hello, how are you doing? Someone cuts you off in traffic, gives you a gesture, yells at you through the car. What do you do? You say, hello, I'm praying for you, right, church? You reap what? you sow. Understand that with me. That means if, if you're investing into your marriage, or are you playing too much golf where your handicap is looking really good right now, yet you're, it's, it's God, golf, and then your spouse. Or maybe it's work. It's, it's work, God, your spouse. And you're asking, why is my marriage struggling? And you're going through things and, you, and you're kind of throwing curveballs and life is up and down. You're like, why can't things just be? My first question is this. When you apply this principle, are you sowing into your marriage like you ought to be? You reap what you sow. That means if you're spending quality time together, guess what? You're going to have a better relationship. If you're having great fun together, you're going to have a better relationship. If you're going to attend church together, and let me just pause there. Like, you know, culture, it comes around, ah, church is optional. I want to challenge us in this church. Like, let's make church 
not a habit, not something we do, but something we, we get an opportunity and a privilege to be a part of. Make it our commitment to show up to church week in, week out, because church, right now, this world needs some hope, and that hope is Jesus. See, and, and, and we reap what we sow, and that goes into our marriage as well. Like your marriage is, isn't going to be that great if you're like, hey, if I got time, I'll slot in. No, what happens is, no, you just have a roommate. A roommate that maybe you have to clean up after or cook for or, or provide for and, and give money to. It's challenging. See, here's what I want us to capture. And you can see this, it's going to be on the screens. If you don't like what you're getting, look at what you have been giving. If you don't like what you're getting, look at what you have been getting. Understand that. Like, if you don't like in your relationship that there's not thoughtfulness, that there's not compassion, that there's not love, my question to you is this. Have you, be, have you been giving thoughtfulness, compassion, love? If you want, and we can even take this wider if you want good relationships at work. And maybe you're struggling there. Maybe you're struggling in, in different aspects of life. Look at what you've been giving and see what you've been getting. If you don't like those things, assess, what have I been sowing? That's what you're gonna harvest. Second way we apply this principle is this. You reap where you sow. Okay, if I, if I put the apple seed right here in the ground, is it gonna grow over here? No, right? It's going to grow over there. Like, where are you putting your attention at? Where are, you, where are you serving at? Where are you processing at? Where are you saying, hey, here is what my attention is on? Where, where, where? If, if you're never present in the home, if you're never present with the person, if you're never really taking that time to invest and say, hey, I care about you, you'll never see a return. You can't return with, you, you can't invest in, in one place, inspect the investment to come out somewhere else, right? Like if you're looking on the other side of the fence where the grass is greener and, and your attention's all the way over there and, and yet you have people that love you that are right in front of you in that relationship, guess what's going to happen? The grass might look greener, but it won't stay greener. It's going to be like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm missing where I'm at. Your marriage is going to be as you, as good as you and your spouse decide to make it. I want you to capture that. Your marriage is going to be as good as you and your spouse decide to make it. Look, mom and dad can't make your marriage good. Aunties and uncles can't make your marriage good. Your kids will not make your marriage good. Understand that, church. You have to decide. You have to look over to that better half that God's blessed you with, and you have to say, hey, it's up to us to make this thing go. Like, we want a good marriage? Let's, let's make it good. We want a fun marriage? Let's make it fun. If you want a sad, stale, stubborn marriage, that's between you and your other half. See, when it comes to never giving up, it's saying, hey, what do we decide. So I've had my wife up here, uh, Brittany, thank you so much 
for uh, being a part of this series. We've been talking about marriage, so obviously there's two perspectives when it comes to marriage. It's not just Blake's married to himself. I'm married to my wonderful, beautiful lady, Brittany. So thank you so much for joining us. And we've been talking about never giving up. And I want to ask just a couple questions today. And uh, the first one is this. Um, We're talking about this reaping and sowing principle. In your own words, how would you say we've invested intentionally into our our marriage? Um. I would say we've scheduled it. I think um, so many times you can go throughout the week. We now have three kids. When we were first married, it was easy. You know, we had all the time to ourselves. Um, but, you know, you have three kids or work gets busy or whatever the case might be. If you don't have children, life just gets could get in the way. And so I think you have to be intentional. We've made a point to schedule it. So whether it's a date night, um, we never stop dating, whether it's a date day when the kids are in school so we can have that time together. Um, but I think really intentional ways that we've scheduled it, we've made it a priority and we don't let things get in the way of it. I mean, life gets busy, but to be intentional and try your best to schedule it weekly, um, if not bi-weekly. Yeah, she's definitely the planner in the marriage. So I'm like, hey, you plan it, let's go, you know, like let's schedule it. We really have to be intentional about that because- But then you still choose where to eat. And I choose where to <laughs> eat because, well, hey, that's how we work it out. Um, but, you know, getting even talking a little bit more about it, there's a lot of uh, marriages uh, that, you know, that we're praying for, that are going through some things, maybe, they're, they're on the ropes, they're struggling with some things, they feel empty, depleted, and it's like, man, they're married, but in that marriage, they're just feeling like, hey, I got a roommate, I got a companion. What advice or encouragement would you give people who maybe feel like they're in that point where it's like, hey, I, they're, they're contemplating, they're thinking about uh, giving up? Yeah, well, the title today is Never Give Up, so get, that would be my first thing is to never give up, but I think how you do that is um, by putting in the work, but also just knowing that marriage isn't easy. It's going to take work and it's going to take both of you to put in that work. Um, And so I think when you do put in that work, it is so rewarding. You have a best friend, you have someone you want to spend your time with. I think a lot of times when you're going through life and things are good, it's easy to, oh, let's cancel the date night this week. Like, let's save the money. We don't need, we know, let's, we can, you know, we're doing good. We don't need to talk really, right? Everything's fine. I think when you don't put in the work, even when things are good, then when the bad times come, and it might not be bad things between you two. It could be kids. It could be finances, a job, whatever the case might be that's bad or a, a tough circumstance comes. When you haven't put in that work, when you haven't sought God together through prayer, when you haven't had fun, um, you're distant because you haven't spent that intentional time together, scheduled that time together, um, you do become roommates. So when the tough times come, you're like, oh, it's easier to drift even further and further apart. And tagging along that, I do want to say we do have a great counselor here on staff. Yes, we do. Um, and so I think another step, if, if it's that far as marriage counseling, maybe it's a marriage podcast, seeking out counsel from other people that have gone through similar situations that can help you walk through those times. Yeah, absolutely. And we have a counselor named Pastor Steve Anderson. Uh, he's the man, and we really value uh, relationships and marriages in uh, our church. So we make it free of charge. Uh, just a hey, schedule appointment. If you need help, man, don't hesitate. We want to walk with you and we want to uh, help you in any way we possibly can. Um, well, do me a huge favor. Uh, a lot of people ask me, hey, does Brittany like want to come up there and want to get in front of everybody? Uh, no, I make her. You know, it's part of the thing we have worked out in our marriage. I'm like, girl, there's gonna be times you're gonna 
be on stage. And uh, so do me a huge favor. Let's give Brittany a big round of applause and say thank you. Um, I, I do want to pause and kind of talk about in an area where I know some of you might be thinking. You might be thinking like, hey, Pastor Blake, you don't really understand my circumstance. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of uh, frustrations. And, and you can talk all you want about marriage, about never giving up and having fun and yada, 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 but we're going to leave this place and it's looking pretty dark and dreary for our relationship. I just don't, and you're thinking, we just don't feel like we got it anymore. We don't feel like we can make it happen anymore. We feel like we once had it, but it's gone. We can't do it. Look, I'm going to be real with you and, and very, very blunt. I can be pretty direct. Ask the team. Where else is not feeling like it a justifiable excuse to give up on something in life? I don't feel like raising my kids right now today, so you're just going to quit. No, no parent does that. They lean in and say, hey, I'm still going to be a parent. Oh, man, I don't feel like working next year. Oh, so hard, I can't stand my job. But what do you do? You got to work next year, right? So maybe you're not feeling like it in your marriage. There is no justifiable excuse to say, I'm going to give up if you don't feel like it. I want you to understand that and receive that. Like just because you don't feel like it gives us no excuse to hop out of it. See, feelings follow actions. It's scientifically proven. If you do something enough, your brain chemistry gets rewired to enjoy what you're doing. It, it, it lights back up. So it's not about how we feel. It's about the actions we live by. I want us to capture that. See, I, I love in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will receive, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Church, I'm praying over that for our marriages. I'm praying that over our, our friends and family members who aren't here with us. Like never give up. Never give up. Always go and try to have some fun with your better half. Church, maybe it's, it's those moments where you're, you're looking and you have a, I have a companion to go on an adventure. I have, I have a friend. Maybe it's saying, hey, we're always going to see God together. We're never going to give up. God, we might be in, in, a, in a dry season in life, in a valley in life, but we're never going to give up. And maybe you're in this place right now, and, and you know, like, your marriage isn't, like, where it ought to be. See, here's what I believe. I, I don't want your marriage just to be tenacity and grit and being like, we're holding on to the handlebars, and if these things start shaking, we're never going to let go. No, I want your marriage to be how God ordained it to be a life-giving relationship, a relationship that, man, you're excited to hang out with your best friend. Like, whoo, they're looking good today. Like, you have that passion. 
Like, I pray daily for, for our, our families in this church that, hey, God gives you passion to love one another, that you're having fun together, that life is going well for you, that even in the high moments, low moments, all the moments, that you are seeking and pursuing God, church, that we're gonna commit. It's not about feelings, it's about never giving up the way God has designed it. So I have this statement on the screen. We've been going through these statements. Statement today is this, we commit to never give up. Say that with me on the count of three. One, two, three. We commit to never give up. So this is how we're gonna wrap up service. Um, it's closing our, our marriage series and, and I wanna pray for the, the married couples in the room. So I'm gonna ask, um, if you have a marital problem, please stand. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, sometimes we always like get real serious at this moment. Like, why are you standing? No, I'm kidding. No one's standing. No one looks. But no, like we all got our stuff, right? Like uh, no marriage is perfect. Like no one's perfect. But it's a commitment. It's a covenant we've made that's saying, hey, we're not going to look like the world. We're going to live differently. I'm never going to give up. But I felt appropriate that we pray for the marriages in this place. So if you're comfortable and their hands aren't sweaty, grab your spouse's hand next to you. And we're in this time of prayer, and then I'm going to talk to those who maybe don't have a relationship with Jesus after we pray. Maybe you're saying, hey, Pastor Blake, I'm, I'm, I'm not married, I'm, I'm single. This is what I'm asking you to do right now. You know of a couple you can pray for. They need that prayer. You know of people in your neighborhood that are going through some hard times. You know people in your work that are going through some difficult times. They need your prayer. Put them in your mind. Pray for them at this moment. Let's pray over these couples around. Lord, God, we turn to you today. We say thank you for giving us the opportunity to worship you, to praise your name. Lord, you see the couples in this room. You see the couples that we're thinking about. You see us all, Lord. You see our hearts. You see our minds. You see our souls. Lord, we're praying for a, a, a newness. Lord, we're praying for a passion to be instilled in our hearts. Lord, we're praying for a desire to never give up. Lord, we're, we're calling on your name right now. Lord, there's those marital couples in this place who are going through some financial difficulties. Lord, give them clarity on how to handle that dispute. Lord, there's those who are going through some really tough relational issues. Maybe there's been hurt. Maybe there's been pain in the past. Lord, we're praying for a spirit of forgiveness upon that couple. Lord, we're praying for those who are raising kids and struggling with difficulties there. Lord, we're praying a blessing. Give them the perseverance. Give them the hard work. Give them the strength to endure what is thrown their way. Lord, we are praying for, a mar for marriages filled with passion, enrichment, a covenant between us and you. May we exhibit to the world what it means to be married the way you ordained it, God. We give you this moment, we give you today, we give you our prayer in your great and holy name. We all say, amen. Secondly, I also want to talk to another group of people. Um, and God's kind of been stirring in my heart lately, but I want to be a little more pointed. Fundamentally, we believe this, Jesus brings life change. That when you declare Jesus is Lord, that he died on the cross for you, went to the grave, 
that God raised him three days later, that he spent 40 days showing himself through walls, all sorts of ways to his disciples, his followers, and then gives us his Holy Spirit. But God's kind of convicted me lately. He just said, hey, Blake, we got to make sure this world knows the goodness of every portion of life comes from Jesus. If you want good relationship, it begins with Jesus. If you want good habits, it begins with Jesus. If you want to excel at what you do, have an eternity rewritten, it begins with Jesus. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me. And there are those in this place that you haven't started a relationship with Jesus as our prayer team makes their way down. We want to pray with you and help you begin a relationship with Jesus. Because we're all about Jesus here at Faith. Let's pray for those making the decision to follow Jesus. Maybe it's in their chairs, maybe it's up here. Lord, we pray for a boldness in their lives. Lord, right now you see those individuals who know they need to get right with you by accepting your one and only son, Jesus Christ, in their life, to be the Lord and leader of their life. Lord, we pray utter surrender in their, in their life, in the way they lead, Lord. We pray that we understand the grace, that we admit that we are sinners and you have redeemed us. Lord, we say thank you for the salvation that you've given each and every person in this room. God, we give you today. In your great name, we all say amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.